Shomrabyog. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Sherlock. Sure, listen, the podcast that takes a pop at culture. Sherlock, sure listen. 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 Oh, very good, Benjamin. Now, Benjamin, I'm going to take a little moment here and do something we don't usually do for the people with the smoother brains. <laughs> and this is the bit of the podcast where we explain what we're going to be talking about and point out that there are time codes down below in the description so you can skip ahead to any of those bits that you might be more or less interested in if, you, if, if that's something that would interest you. And you don't have a very smooth brain. But sure, look, Ben, we don't have time to give out about the <laughs> internet. Because the Americans had their famous superior bowling tournament at the weekend. And one of the things that always happens at the superior bowling championship fan finale is that they release a lot of trailers for unrelated pop culture stuff. And that's where we come in. So we're going yeah. to be looking at trailers. Don't talk during my bit, Ben. <laughs> I've been planning this all day. Uh, so we've got trailers for A Quiet Place Day 1 a.k.a. the film no one needed to see. Parish, Giancarlo Esposito is in entering his tough old guy era. The yeah. Kin- the Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, Twisters, Deadpool, and Wolverine. Oh, no, hold on. So I said that like there were two trailers. Deadpool and Wolverine. <laughs> yes. Uh, oh, sure, listen, Michael, as, as the conceit goes. Sorry, I am one of the smooth-brained people that he was talking about earlier, ladies and gentlemen. If that wasn't enough for you, and it really is, because the Super Bowling Tournament ruins everything. Superior and, Bowling Tournament. Sorry, the Superior Bowling Tournament, equally silly, ruins everything and means that we have to do a bunch of stuff. It's ridiculous. So much. But, Michael, 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 what? we can't decide what day Valentine's Day is this week, but this week it is. It's tomorrow. By the time you're it's, listening to this. it's By the time you're listening to this, it's tomorrow. Or today. You're welcome. We've reminded you. You're welcome. Mm. Run. Go get some stuff. Go get some stuff. Quickly. Go to the garage and get some stuff for your wife or husband. But Michael, we thought we'd take a look at the fact that Hollywood really has always relied on other people's old ideas to be rejuvenated to make content because we're taking a look at Shakespeare's Meat Cute. How Shakespeare's ancient, ancient plays from the 16th century are still the blueprint for most modern Rom-coms. I've watched a lot of rom-coms, Benjamin, more than I would usually care to admit. But for the season that's in it, sure, let's dig into it. Let's fucking do it. Let's do it, Benjamin. Benjamin. Let's do it. Yes. Remember in A Quiet Place, the second A Quiet Place, A Quieter Place? Yes, very quiet. Oh, look at this place. so quiet, Mm. this place. Remember at the start of it, they did a little bit, there was like a, maybe a 10 or 15 minute segment on how the invasion started. Yeah, yeah, that was good, wasn't it? That was it? good, wasn't it? Everyone enjoyed that. Aliens came out of the sky and started eating everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, here yeah. it is, Ben. It's a movie now. With Peter yeah, in New York. Yeah, in New York, of all places. Well, there's loads of noise in New York. That wouldn't be a great place to be if there was a bunch of aliens that ate you when you made noise, is there? Absolute havoc, Ben. Now, Ben, shut yeah. up for a second, because I saw this film oh, okay. 15 years ago, and it was called Cloverfield then. Yeah, it was called Cloverfield then, but now it's called uh, Come Here to Me, Don't Make a Sound, Wished. Wished up out of it. That's the Irish version, Ben. Wished up out of it and set in Dunleary. But we're not talking about Wished up out of it, Benjamin, the Irish horror film. We're talking about A Quiet Place Day (laughs) 1. And uh, looks all right, doesn't it? Ah, look, it's grand. It's got uh, Lupita Nyong'o in it. And Lupita Nyong'o is wonderful. She's pretty good at an old acting. 
especially in horror films, she loves running around and being all scared of stuff. She's 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 got a real knack for making her eyes wide. Is yeah, what she's she just got. goes. Uh, but with yeah. her eyes. Yeah. And then it's got other noted actor, Digimon Hansu. He's there as well. He's in, ev- he's in everything, Ben. He'll be in anything. He'll be in anything. Sometimes he'll get ridiculously in shape and giantly jacked for yeah. terrible films like Rebel Moon. And other times he'll do a... Uh, ah, come here, Pete and Yongo, don't be opening your mouth. Shush up out of it now. Whished up out of it. It's very frightening. There's big scary aliens. Now, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> the main thing about the big scary aliens in this is... They've added an extra degree of peril. Go on. Because she has a pet. Oh, no, not a pet. And she's carrying a cat around with her, Ben. And one of the worst things any film can do is put pets in peril. Uh, Michael, there's nothing I hate more than pets in peril. What um, about racism, Ben? I, well, actually, I might hate racism a bit more. Um, no, 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 no. Um, no, no, it's, it's pets. Pets, pets in peril. Pets in peril. Michael, one of the one of the worst parts, and this is apropos of nothing, uh, and spoilers for Mr. and Mrs. Smith on Amazon Prime. The worst bit in that, uh, Michael, oh, no. uh, is when a, when a pet is paralysed permanently. Oh, that's no good at all. Yeah, it was terrible. Mild spoilers there. I've avoided giving you any major ones, but it, it devastated me, Michael. It ruined my afternoon. You absolutely hate to see it. So yeah. it's it's a hell of a risk for them to take to have a woman carrying a cat around New York when uh, when the attack happens. Yes. Why would you do that? Let the cat be free. Just let it go. Let it run off. Cats are did, quiet. The, did those aliens eat all the animals? I suppose they did the noisy ones. I mean, dogs wouldn't have stood much of a chance, would they? No, dogs are very noisy. Very noisy. Like traditionally exceptionally noisy, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Badgers, though. Probably grand. Probably grand. Let me ask Probably you this, Probably grand, yeah. What sound does a badger make? <laughs> no. Is that not it? Is that not I genuinely appreciate you've taken a stab at it there, Ben. I really do. And, I mean, I don't know what's funnier. I don't know if the ridiculousness of it is what's funny about it or just the fact that you gave it a go. You just made a sound. <laughs> But look, I really appreciate that, Ben. As a podcast co-host, my hat is off to you. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. Yeah, and anyway, look, um, it's a weird one. It's, uh, I mean, was anyone asking for this? What makes this worth seeing? Is it just another generic Hollywood aliens invade New York movie? It's just a horror franchise, Michael, isn't it? It's just, it's, you know, it's your Insidious 86. It's your... What's going on in that red door over there, number 95? Yeah. It's... That's insidious, Ben. Oh, it's the same thing as well. It's not like it matters. It's, you only uh, managed to come up with one franchise, Ben. It's, it's The Conjuring 210. Yeah, 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 yeah. Annabelle. Conjured again. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Any of those. Annabelle 6, you know, mm. take your pick. Yeah. Take your pick. Um, but look... We won't watch it. Well, I won't watch it. You might. I probably will. I, I watched the last two and I enjoyed them both. The last had Man of the Moment, Killian Murphy. Yeah, that's good. Like, that's some solid stuff. In fairness, they get great actors. Very. Like, that's the difference, isn't it? Yeah, like Lupita Nyong'o and Digimon Hansu, top tier. Yeah, yeah. They're no um, Lizzie Kaplan and whoever played the other girl in Cloverfield. I think that was Lizzie Kaplan. Was it Liz- Was it the actress Lizzie Kaplan? It was the actress Lizzie <laughs> from the television Kaplan, program yeah. Masters of Sex? Yeah. Uh, from the <laughs> yeah, sure, okay. I think she was in right. that, wasn't she? Wasn't she? Um, in that? Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. Michael, all I want to do now is log off this call and set about how we're going to get funding for Wished up out of it. Wished up out of um, it, <laughs> The Irish. I might write a letter to John Krasinski and just be like, here, yeah. ever thought of a, an Irish one? Yeah, Wished. Huh? We'll be in it for free. We'll be in it for free. We're very loud, though. You can kill us off in the first 10 minutes. We'll die in the first 10 minutes like every other podcaster in every other pop culture franchise. Can you imagine how unlucky it'd be if we were doing this podcast when the silence aliens invaded? Oh, We'd be fucked. Absolutely fucked. Especially you, Benjamin. You would probably oh, be what lured them here. As, as usual, ladies and gentlemen, the thing that you can see behind the scenes here is we're actually just using the one microphone where Michael is. Yeah. And I'm in a completely separate part of the country. But I'm just that loud. It's just that loud. There's people in Ireland suffering through half of this podcast as it just vibrates through the airwaves of Ireland. Ben, shut up for a second, though. Because yeah. Giancarlo Esposito, it's about time... That he became a tough guy dad. Come here to me, Michael. We've we, we got a trailer for Pariah this week. Parish. Parish, if you're good at your job. <laughs> um. <laughs> and reading. And, and just generally and reading. Re- you wrote that, Ben. They're your notes. <laughs> and it's not even handwriting. You've just taken a stab at a word. It looks close enough. I got a lot of the words in the right places, in fairness. There's an I there, yeah. there's a H, yeah, yeah. there's a P-A-R at the beginning. Yeah, they're both kind like, of slightly I, I, religious. I yeah, I, I, yeah, it is, exactly. So Pariah, Michael. Yeah, <clears throat> by Dan Abnett. <laughs> no, uh, Parish, Michael, mm. is what looks to be a New Orleans transporter. Yeah, 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 exactly. It It takes that most male... Of movie plots that is, I'm fucking good with cars and I'm good at crime. And you know what makes it okay? I've got a code. Yeah, and I don't do it anymore, but I'm back. <laughs> yeah, and then it follows the John Wick principle of people are asking me if I'm back. I'm thinking I'm back. That's when, uh, that's when John Wick was played by Macho Man Randy Savage, wasn't it? Yeah, it was great. I loved it. Was that. It's the John Wick prequel from the 80s. Everyone is wrestlers. Very good. John Wick 3, everyone is wrestlers. Ben, yeah. he says in this trailer, I've got a very particular set of skills. And this instantly recalls Taken. Oh, yeah, 100%. The other, not, 100%. not just the other, but the originator of the Action Dad franchise. Yeah, but also... Mr. Mr. Elfla does does cool things. Yeah, watch this Elfla. Watch him as he stabs a lot of foreign people. But Ben, (laughs) he says that. He says, I've got a very particular set of skills while driving an automatic transmission. Ah, now, ah, now, he can't be that skilled, can you? can't be that skilled if he can't do a gearbox, Ben. If he can't manage a clutch. I've got a very particular set of skills for an American. (laughs) (laughs) He says, yeah, I can drive, and then pushes a gear lever forward by two positions. Now, Michael, given our experience on the internet lately, there are several things that are going to come about as a result of that. Yes, go uh, on. Caption. So I'm just or of of that joke. So I'm gonna I'm gonna get ahead of it here, Michael. I'm gonna do a quick Mm. aside and Mm. say, number one, that was a humorous jape. A little chape from Benjamin. Number two, I am aware that not all Americans drive. Yeah. I am aware that not all Americans drive stick. Mm. Manual, Ben. Most Americans don't drive stick, because that's what they call manual. Yes. I am also aware that some Mm. of you are probably still very skilled if you do drive an automatic. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. And finally, if you don't yeah. like this bit about Parrish and you want to learn about Shakespeare, there's a timestamp yeah. down below <laughs> in the description. Yeah. Also, Ben, there's a great irony in this is that you can't fucking drive. So I don't know what you're saying. How fucking dare you? You can't drive. I can't. But how dare you help me on the podcast like that? <laughs> you can't drive. You don't know how to drive stick or manual. Baby. <laughs> you're not licensed. <laughs> They won't let you. That's yeah, absolutely. the funniest fuck. joke you've ever done. Oh, I love it. I love it. Anyway, Ben, this yeah. lo- this this looks all right, doesn't it? It's 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 a series. It's not a movie. It's a series. It's not a movie. Um, I'll watch it. I like John Carlo Esposito. I I will watch him in just about anything. Um, mm. I think he's pretty pretty damn cool, gang. But yeah, it's. It feels distinctly like, and we've talked a little bit about this on the podcast, Michael. This is this is Reacher genre um, content. Right. You know, it's you've you've hit the nail on the head a little bit earlier when you spoke about uh, the wonderful shiny world of Taken. But this is capitalizing on look at men solve things with violence and problems and being good at machines. Mm. Mm. It's very uh, look. I'll give it. I'll give it. I'll give. I'll give episode one a, a watch. Will you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give episode one a watch. I'm, I well, will I? Am I telling a lie, Ben? Am I, I telling a lie? I don't, I don't know. This this didn't reach out of the screen and grab me and say, give the, roll your eyeballs over this. Yeah, well, look, if it didn't do that, Michael, there's no point in watching it. There's absolutely no hope. But Benjamin, luckily, though. Yes. We're in a content deluge. We're drowning in content, Michael. Absolutely neck deep in content, Ben. It's almost like the water levels, the sea levels have risen up and swallowed the cities, leaving only the Statue of Liberty pointing out of a beach. Yes, and the only thing that will save us, Michael, is nouns. (laughs) I see what you've done, Benjamin, because we're talking about the the kingdom of the planet of the apes. So many definite fucking articles. What what in God's name is going on, Michael? What are they doing, Benjamin? The kingdom of the planet of the apes. It's great. Silly. It's great to say. Silly. Benjamin. Yes. This is set 300 years after Caesar's revolution. That's, that's a long time. It's quite a long time. It's not, in my mind, long enough for humans to go feral. I, I feel like it would take longer, wouldn't it? I don't know, Benjamin. Have you ever left people alone unsupervised for a few minutes? Uh, well, actually, now that you mention it, I've done it with you several times. You, a noted friend of the podcast, Jim and Shane. And it's it's messy. We'll just it go is. feral. We'll go feral at a moment's notice. Yeah, yeah. Drop as of soon, a hat. As soon as there isn't a government watching over us, Benjamin, we're just down to tattered rags and running through the forest chasing each other. That's pretty much it, yeah. Pretty much it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Benjamin, mm-hmm. anyway, look. Freya Allen is in this, and she's going through her phase of being the most important girl in the world. Is that your one from The Witcher? It's your one from The Witcher, in which she played the character of Cirilla, the most important girl in the world. Yeah, that's kind of her vibe. Michael, there's a new term that's emerged for this. Oh? On, on, well, on one side of the gender spectrum, Michael. Oh, on your red pill sides, is it? Uh, no, 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 not not at all. It, this isn't a negative at all. But it, there's, there's a thing going around, because it's happened to uh, Jeffrey Allen White, Michael. Oh, the little muscly fella. The little muscly fella who was in the Calvin Klein ads with the tight old uh, tighty whities. Mm. And one of the key things, Michael, is he's been called White Boy of the Month. <laughs> and this is a phrase that's getting thrown around on the internet, Michael, ben, and it basically means... Ben, that feels a bit racist. It does, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It does. feels a little bit racist. 
And yet that's being lashed about on every single site you can imagine. And White Boy of the Month, Michael, it has it has a few iffy connotations about it. But one of them is that, you know, women of colour find this white boy attractive. That's why he's White Boy of the Month. Well, he is quite attractive. Let's let's not forget that. Let's be frank, Michael. Very attractive young man. Mm. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Good yeah. stuff. But I, it, it feels even worse to say White Girl of the Month. But maybe that's Freya Allen, is it? I don't can know. Can say that? Are you coining that? I, no, I'm not. No, I'd rather not have my name associated with it, thank you. It's Very more good. of a question. I don't know if she is White Girl of the Month. I think White Girl of the Month is Ariana Grande. Oh, yes. But that's just a little joke about how much makeup Ariana Grande wears. <laughs> um, ben, the, the, we're, we're stretching our pop culture remit now as we get into making fun of well, Ariana Grande. We, we, got the, we got the trailer for Wicked this week, Michael. It's not on the running order, but Ariana Grande isn't that. Is she? Okay, we'll talk about that in a minute. But Benjamin, yeah. um, I don't think the issue here is that Freya Allen is in everything she's not she's not she's not bloody Killian Murphy but everything she is in who is she play- Killian Murphy he's from Cork yeah he's oh, no yeah, crack yeah. at all but he's yeah. very good at acting he's very good at acting he does seem a bit serious though yeah, yeah. he just seems like he's absolutely mm. no crack at all um, Killian what's your favourite film yeah I don't watch films Great. Yeah. Oh, I'm not, I'm not really into films, yeah, right, actually. Yeah. Um, I read I read Russian novels yeah. in the original Russian. Yeah. Um, that's how I met my wife. Yeah. <laughs> my wife, Freya Allen, the most important girl in the world. Anyway, Freya <laughs> Allen appears yes. to be the most important girl of the world, Ben, uh, as she always is. But yeah. the cast in this is great. And by the cast in this is great, I mean basically the baddie. Who's the baddie? Ben, the baddie is... A man who has put in more baddie hours than almost any living actor. The one and only Kevin Durand. Oh, get out of... I haven't seen Kevin Durand in anything in a hot minute. Well, he's been too busy, Benjamin. He had to be de-evolved into a chimpanzee. And that takes some time. It does. It takes a good bit of time. About 300 years, we've learned. Yes. Um, So this movie is obviously based on the original Planet of the Apes. The, the first one, right. where humans were feral and they were hunted by ape civilization. And yeah. this is very much, Benjamin, and I know you're no great Planet of the Apes fan. I'm not. Even though you're always saying, get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. It's you damn dirty Mick. Yeah, yeah. sorry, I got mixed up. Um, not Irish people. Mick just likes to manhandle <laughs> me because <laughs> I do. he's bigger I'm than bigger. Me. It's a dominance thing, don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but Benjamin... This is very much the world in which Marky Mark Wahlberg is going to land on his spacecraft in a couple of episodes. Yeah. This is very much the world in which Charlton Heston is going to arrive and say, I'll help all of the sexy ladies. But only if they're not apes. And maybe if they are, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, he does He does kind of have a little bit of a thing with the apes. Does he snog an anyway, ape? No, I don't think he snogs an ape, no. but he's like... I would snog an ape. Don't get me wrong. Don't don't get. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Not that um. there's anything wrong with snogging apes, but I'm just not going to. But yeah, this is odd. This is that story, but seemingly without the spacemen arriving and going, "What's going on here?" Yeah, yeah. Unless there's a twist coming that we we're not ready for. Freya Allen and is an astronaut. I don't know if it's going to be Freya Allen is an astronaut, Ben. But in the trailer, one of the apes finds a bit of ancient human technology. And it's a, a a mobile, a baby's mobile, and one of the one of the things, the danglers. I don't know what you call the things on the mobile. One of the danglers. I'll call it a dangler. A, yeah, it's a dangler. Yeah, one of the danglers is a planet. So there's a little hint of oh, 
Don't oh. forget about space. Space is a thing. Space is out there. Yeah, my, any number of people in space. Is the, uh, yeah, is this where we find out that there was an ARC project somewhere? No, Ben, remember in, in the first movie, the very first movie with uh, James DeFranco, um, a big plot point in that, or not a big plot point, but a side plot point was one of the first manned missions into whatever, Mars. I do remember that. They're going to come back, Ben. I do. They're going to come back. They're going to have been time dilated and they're going to come back. But the question is, are they going to come back in this film or are they going to come back in the next one? Are we going to see a ship emerge from the, the, the stratosphere, Michael, in this and then have to guess, is it? Is that it? Is that going is, to be the end of this? Is that going to be it, is it? Is it? I don't know. Ben, I, I genuinely don't know. Michael, I hope the apes kill them all and it remains the kingdom of the planet of the apes. Very good indeed. Mm. Benjamin, though. Yes. Speaking of long-revived sci-fi franchises with names that are too long. Yeah. What about if you made a sequel to Twister? I couldn't care less, Michael. I'm not an original Twister fan. Now, you may, an, you may kick me off the podcast if you wish. Well, no, I don't think being a huge fan of the film Twister with Bill Pullman or Paxman is one of the prerequisites to be a podcast host in this day and age. Oh, good. But Benjamin, what they've done here is they've taken the classic sci-fi conceit of going from a single noun to a plural noun for your title. Just Michael. like, for example, Alien and Aliens. <laughs> or your favourite, Jaws and Jaws. Yes, I love Jaws. It's one of my favourite films. What are your favourites? There's so many Jaws. So, what yeah, are we going is... to do with all these Jaws? What are we going to do with all these Jaws? Ben, the joke there is that Jaws is already plural. I, I... I wasn't sure if it Michael. was going to be funnier to claim that the first one was called Jaw. And then we saw the sequel, Jaws, and that was what most people think is the, se- is the first one. I wish I'd done that version of the joke now instead, because that sounds funnier. Michael, fuck you. <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> just, just the cheeky. I'm oh. sick of this. Anyway, I'm sick then, of this, Michael. Twisters is back, um, and there's some hot young people in it, and they're going to stop Twisters or whatever. Oh, the, the fucking Twisters. Ben, did you, Glenn did you, Powell's in this, isn't he? Glenn Powell is in it. I think Glenn Powell is in it, Ben. And it's a weird bit of character work where he's introduced into the trailer like he's going to be this crazy, narcissistic bad guy. Oh, yeah. Like some sort of maybe the the storm-chasing equivalent of MAGA. Oh, yeah. Okay. okay. But then I don't think he is. I think he's going to be the heroic, sexy lead. Because he's walking around in a wet t-shirt. Hmm. Yeah, well, you, you can't put your villains... Your, your villains can't be too sexy. Well, not in my opinion. No, well, your opinion is dark. Dark and... <laughs> mysterious. Dark and mysterious. Yeah, thanks, yeah. Ben. Ben, yeah. it's about time Glenn Powell had a moment in the sun, though, isn't it? I, I'm delighted to see Glenn Powell starring in a movie. Michael, Glenn Powell, White Boy of the Month for March. <laughs> Let's get him up there. So muscular, so there. damp. Um, so, Ben, the original Twister isn't very good. Is it not? No, it's it's of its time. And okay. it's kind of like, lads, you're putting yourselves in danger here. There would be no movie if everyone just went home. Is Is this a world where Twisters have become sentient and are hunting people? No. No, no, you're thinking of the Meg. 
Oh, okay. Or where, it's where sequel, sh- famously, Megs. Yes, or where Jaws become sentient and start hunting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in, in the original Twister, Ben, it's about a team of, of tornado chasers who are trying mm-hmm. to uh, learn about tornadoes. And everyone's like, you can't do it. It's crazy what you're trying to do. Because they're trying to put a lot of the sensors into a tornado, Ben, to get proper tracking data. You can't do that, Michael. Well, you can, as it turns out, because they do. Oh, good for them. They use a lot of Pepsi cans because yeah, Pepsi product placement was big in the 90s. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they seem to have replaced that in this version with drones. Oh, okay. Uh, Michael, if there's one way to modernize your 80s revival, stick a drone in it. 90s, isn't it? 90s. Twister is 90s. I I honestly couldn't say, Michael. The, 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 the lack of knowledge I have on this is shocking. You haven't seen the film Twister? Okay, well, there's an episode. There's a future episode, Ben. We're doing a Exhumed on Twister. Exhumed on Twister. Do you know, Exhumed might be the proudest I've ever been of naming something. I think that was a great name for a podcast segment. It's a shame we're not more popular. Benjamin, our ever-increasing internet popularity is only leading to backlash against you and your organisational and editing skills. Um, yeah, that and timestamps. Time Apparently stamps. people really care ben, about timestamps. Why didn't you put timestamps on last week's episode? Hold, hold on. Hang on. Whoa. What? Hold your fucking horses, what? chief. What? Timestamps are there. I know, I did them. You do them, <laughs> Michael. Did. That's why they work. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's organised. That's why it's right, yeah. because you're here. I did them. Anyway, look, Ben, I, I'll probably go see Twisters. I'm pretty excited about it. Ben! Yeah. Adam Webb is out. Oh, Oh, it's out, what? it's out today, isn't it? Or is it is it th- Thursday? It'll Madam Webb's almost out. It's it's that's weird, isn't it? I don't see it, I suppose. That's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben, tell me, okay. tell me about uh, Wicked. I didn't see that trailer. Oh yeah, so uh, Wicked dropped a trailer at the Super Bowl or the Superior Bowling Tournament, yeah. as you like to call it, and it is based on the absolutely. Mega popular musical Wicked. Now, Benjamin, um, I, th- which is, I saw this a few years ago and it had uh, Mila Kunis in it and James DeFranco. Yeah, see, we saw the knockoff version of it, um, absolutely, which is the bizarre kind of, yeah, James Franco is a bit of a bastard, which it turns out was very prophetic because, in fact, James uh, Franco was a, a bit of a bastard. Um, but, yeah, so it's basically, what if the witches didn't hate each other? Oh, Belinda and Galinda. Yeah, ex- exactly. Belinda and Galinda. I don't even know if that's their names, Michael. Um, Galinda is much. one of them, so, so you're not wrong. Um, uh, Galinda is the good witch. Are you sure it's the- Galinda, Ben? Because I'm purposely saying Galinda, like an no, Indian man. Well, it's Glinda. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you could say Galinda. I don't, I don't see why you couldn't. If you're from Dublin, you're, you're implying. Yeah, yeah. Ah, Galinda. Ah, Glinda, come here to me. Um, and then the other character, the evil witch, Michael, the wicked witch, mm. is Elphaba. That's her name. Yeah, it was Mila Kunis, remember? Mila Kunis, she was there as well. Um, and, Michael, this was a, a sensational musical, mm. very close there, that kicked off in 2003. On Broadway. Um, on Broadway. It wasn't actually on Broadway, Michael. It, it, uh, it debuted, uh, debuted. Go on. Um, on the stage of the current theatre in San Francisco. Oh, very modern. Yeah. Um, and it's very, very popular. And it starred uh, Kristen Chenoweth, who we've seen in almost everything, Michael. She plays the chirpy little blonde woman 
in everything. Pushing daisies. Um, Pushing Daisies is one example. Uh, American God, she's Estara, the the goddess of Easter. Uh, if Easter, um, and it also starred Idina Menzel, famously who plagued us all with the song "Let It Go, Let It, let go, it go, Let It Go." Yeah, but we got a trailer for it, Michael, from the good old gang over the Superior Bowl, mm. and it's had a little bit of a recast naturally because we're nearly twenty years after its initial inception. Sorry, lads, you're old uh, now. You're out. You're out. And uh, it is actually Galinda, Michael. You were right the first time. I'm, I'm rereading it here. Um, it depends on which one you look at. But Galinda was correct. You were absolutely correct. I'm sorry I take that back. I knew I was. But uh, Ariana Grande is playing Galinda, Michael. To which I say, oh, awkward timing. Ariana Grande, I think you meant to say. Uh, yes. Uh, Arena. Irene uh, Grande. Gra- Arena Grande. Big Irene um, we call her around here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good joke. That's a very hibernocentric, excellent joke. Well done. Um, that's a little bit awkward, though, because uh, she's right in the middle of a little personal scandal, Michael. When is when is she not, When is she Ariana? not, Benjamin? Huh? It doesn't matter. Personal scandals are great for selling movies. Well, they're going to sell this one, I'd imagine. But anyway, uh, Cynthia Erivo is playing Elphaba. Um, Cynthia Erivo, who we probably last saw on the podcast at the showdown... At El Royale. Do you remember that? The one with Dakota Johnson and Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, where he's a cult leader and he's hunting someone down. Do you remember that? Mm, yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember her, though. Uh, Cynthia Riva is the singer in, in that particular uh, film. She's the only one who kind of gets away with it, Michael. She she hasn't oh, had the best look when it comes to films. She She kind of picks the occasional dud, I suppose you might say. Oh, no. Um... She was the investigator in the HBO miniseries of The Outsider, the Stephen King adaptation, um, which we never heard of again. Um, she was in the film Chaos Walking, which famously did great. Which one was that? Um, Chaos Walking was the weird one with Tom Holland and uh, oh. Women Can Hear Your Thoughts. Oh, I hated that, Ben. He killed the dog. <laughs> yeah, it's no good. Get that fucking out of there. But anyway, Didn't she, watch the end of it. Where she has had phenomenal success, Michael, is in the realm of musicals. She is a very beloved um, British stage actress who plays an awful lot of uh, excellent roles in musical theatre. Well, isn't that fabulous, Benjamin? But Benjamin... Yeah. Speaking of things beyond salvaging... Go on. <laughs> oh god, the MCU's shite, isn't it? Oh, listen, listen, come here to me, Michael. Fuck the MCU. What? Oh, rubbish, absolute rubbish. If only there was what? some way to work your way through it with a sharp implement, say a blade or a sword, perhaps two of them, and just cut mm. out what you didn't want anymore. Very good, Benjamin. We got the trailer for what used to be called Deadpool Three, but now, for corporate synergistic reasons, is known as Deadpool and Wolverine. So, Michael, this is, we got this yesterday. This is the teaser trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine, as you said. Uh, Ryan Reynolds' third outing as the Merc with the Mouth. Uh, the Merc with the Mouth, which the is Merc the, with the, mouth. <laughs> the most Irish I've ever sounded. But um, we got that yesterday for the Super Bowl. And, Michael, this is fucking mental. Um, there's a lot of clever things going on in this, tra- in this trailer, in my opinion. In your opinion. For what it's worth. In my opinion. So one of the things that's kind of hard to pin down is what the source material for a lot of the Deadpool universe, uh, cinematic universe, is. And it it borrows... Yes. If anyone doesn't care about Ben's opinion, there's a timestamp down below and you can skip this bit. Michael literally skips over all my opinions and they're just tagged as back to Mick 1. 
back to Mick yeah. 2, back yeah. to Mick 3. Yeah, yeah. Um, not to be confused with the very, very popular Irish parody series to A Quiet Place starring Digimon Hansu, back to Mick. Yeah, yeah, wished up. Ben, <laughs> uh, source material. Source material. Uh, so this is very interesting because what it's doing is it's melding kind of original Deadpool lore with existing MCU lore. So in 1997, Deadpool got his first solo run, Michael, and it was written by a guy called Joe Kelly. Oh, was it? Yeah. And Joe Kelly started writing that. And it's it's kind of a classic in that it's a time capsule of 90s art, 90s timelines, 90s plot points. It's It's a pretty solid look back at that era. But because Joe Kelly took it as a bit of a pastiche michael and mm. um, benjamin it, that yes. whole thing you just said there sounds like a very complicated way of saying it's rubbish no it's not it's not rubbish that would be unfair i think okay um but it's of its time all right it's rubbish all right yeah but a lot of a lot of the lore that we've seen in some of the deadpool movies like blind al mm. were established in this 1997 series okay go on out of it so Blind Al is there. Uh, Weasel, who was Deadpool's kind of forge master and pal, was established in this. His antagonist was T-Ray, who was a former mercenary murdered by Wade Wilson, sent to hell, given the ability to come back from hell, and then spends the rest of his life making Deadpool's life a living hell in as many ways as possible. Oh, like Sabretooth is currently doing to Wolverine. Yeah, exactly like that. Just spot on, bang on. Uh, bang on stuff there, Michael. But where this becomes relevant to the trailer, Michael, is it also established the strange intergalactic agency of Landau, Luckman and Lake. What the hell has that got to do with anything? Landau, Luckman and Lake was an intergalactic firm that selects Deadpool as a messiah figure destined to save the universe. Get out of here. And this was a great way for Joe Kelly to expand the stories into absolutely batshit mental, alternate timeline, alternate dimension, fun, rompy times. I see. Now, Michael, it might be a little bit cost-ineffective, we would say, to generate yet another interdimensional agency. So why not just fold it into something that's already been established in the NCU, like the TVA? Benjamin, I could not have been more surprised when they just went with, it's the TVA. It's the TVA. It makes perfect sense, though. It Well... In so much of any of this does anymore. Yeah. But, yes, it does make perfect sense. It makes so much sense it's surprising that they've done it. Yeah. Because yeah, usually it's... what they would do in a situation like this is make up another weird agency that has a lot of overlap, but is different because it's in a different franchise and a different movie. But this time they've just gone, no, we've got that. That exists. Yeah, that exists. <laughs> now, it doesn't appear to be exactly the same TVA. It's, it doesn't, because Matthew McFadden is playing a character known as Paradox, Michael. Mr. Paradox. Mr. Paradox, who is actually just Mobius M. Mobius in the original comic continuity. He's a variant on Mobius. Very confusing and upsetting. Very confusing and upsetting. But in this, Michael, he looks to be... I, okay, I'll lay out what I'm... I'm going to predict this, Michael. Now, predicting anything for a Deadpool movie is nigh on impossible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Go on anyway. Because, you know... Who knows what they're going to do with it. But I would imagine that Matthew McFadden, McFadden, I don't know how to say it. I would imagine he is a splinter or a schism group of the original TVA who hid himself when all the pruning and shenanigans was going on. And he's actually running a very strange kind of schismed group of the TVA. 
and causing all kinds of nefarious things to happen, Michael. Now, I would be very surprised if they address that. Very, uh, who knows? very surprised. I think basically what they've done here is shown us the method by which they're going to just stick Deadpool in the universe. Yeah, and you know what? Fine. Yeah. Say, Fine. say that again it without d- fucking about with your mic, because that's going to... I'm going to have to edit around. Do you know what? Do you know what? what? Fine. Fine. It'll do. It's, it's Benjamin. Cr- it'll do. Benjamin. Yeah. The thing about this is, they talk about pegging. Yeah. Now, I don't know what that is. Could you explain oh. that to the listeners? Sure. Um, pegging is uh, a romantic practice, Michael, whereupon um, your lover, yeah. be they of whichever gender you choose, or non-binary, yeah, yeah. it's entirely up to yeah, you, yeah. Um, dons to you. a strap-on, Michael. Do you know what that is? A strap-on dildo? Yes, exactly. Right. Right. And uh, they'll uh, bend you over consensually. Yeah. Consensually. And have their way with Usually. you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right up the bum. Right up the bum, Michael. You remember it took place in Deadpool number one. Well, that's the thing, yeah. isn't it? Because what they've done here is they've done a joke. They've very risquely... Is that how you say that? But they've done a big nod and a... Literal nod and a wink at the camera and said the word pegging. And said, well, this is going to be new and frightening for Disney. But Deadpool 1 just had pegging in it. Yeah. And there's a big difference between a scene where your male lead character gets pegged by his wife and just being edgy enough to say the word pegging. I I think, Michael, what we're probably going to see is a lot of, look how edgy this is, look what I said. Look what Wink. I said, but didn't show. But didn't show, because this is Disney. Yeah, yeah Watch yeah. it. Now, <laughs> I'm not saying that there was, uh, like, full-on anal penetration in Deadpool 1. It was still just mostly implied. Uh, mostly implied. But very heavily implied. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah less, yeah. Of a, less of a and wink and a nod and more of a good old pat on the back. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 A bit of an old grimace on the old face. Yes. Um... I, I, my concern about this is that they're lampshading how risque this is going to be, and that's going to be the limit of how. What's what's the American term for this? X-rated? No. I think it's X-C-70. X-rated. Is no, it I think X-rated? it's X-rated. R. R-rated. 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 You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think they're. Um, I think they're hanging a lampshade on how R-rated this is going to be, to quote the American terminology, and actually that's as far as it's going to go. Now, Benjamin. Yes. Before you criticise, I'm not saying that this has to be R-rated to be good. Michael, I wasn't going to criticise you. No, I know. I, I was put. I was doing a kind of a conceit. I was assuming that you were going to argue with me to give me a rhetorical person to argue against so I can make my own counterpoint. Oh, hang on. I'll, I'll give you a, a clip to put in. Michael, that's fucking wrong. No, it isn't, Benjamin, because I'm not <laughs> saying that the film has to be R-rated to be good. Yeah. In fact, many, many, many great films <laughs> yeah. don't have pegging in them. <laughs> Several. <laughs> Star imagine. Wars. Ah, no, there's that one scene that they cut out of the original 70s cut. Schindler's List. No, there's that really awkward scene that nearly got the film banned, do you remember? Oh, yeah, yeah. The prequel yeah. to Jaws. Jaw. Jaw. Oh, no, that does have pegging, excuse yeah, me. Yeah, no, so. it does. It has a lot of it. But... <laughs> I don't know where this is going. They invested most of the budget into finding out how you would get a strap-on onto a shark. Yeah, yeah, very easily, as it turns out. You just need a five-point harness. But, Ben, <laughs> look. Wolverine's in it, isn't he? Isn't that what everyone wants, Wolverine? Well, I mean, he is and he isn't, Michael. So, 
you can't trust Deadpool. And I, I don't mean that in a character sense. I mean the marketing around Deadpool is famously misleading. Go on. Um, the last time we did this and invested wholesale into it, we were told the Task Force X was going to be a primary factor in Deadpool 2. Yeah, X-Force, I believe they were called. X-Force, yeah, sorry. X-Force. Uh, and Michael, that lasted all of five minutes. It was a one-note gag. It was a one-note gag. Now... Michael, all I'm saying is we didn't get a lot of content with Hugh. With me. With Hugh. With me. With Hugh. Okay. Jackman. The huge jacked man doesn't feature much in this. In fact, we only get two real hints that he's there. There's one where it looks to be the back of Wolverine and he's dressed as the famous Madriporian export version of Wolverine, Patch. Yeah, yeah, he's Patch, isn't he? From the 70s? 70s. Could be the 80s. But there was a period in time, ladies and gentlemen, where Wolverine took up in Madripoor because things... The the water was a little too hot everywhere else and everyone was looking for Wolverine. Mm. So the way that he hid that, ladies and gentlemen, was he looked exactly like Wolverine, but he wore a patch and a tuxedo and he didn't use his claws as much. And he called himself Patch. And he called himself Patch. And any time someone had come along, like Jessica Drew or Spider-Woman, and tried to say his name, he'd be like, God, shut your mouth. Yeah, are you Wolverine? No, I've got a patch, look. Got a patch. Look at that, uh, got a patch, A. Eh? And we saw the back of that, Michael. Yeah. And then we see his silhouette and the claws pop, right? Yeah. I don't know how much Wolverine we're going to get in this and how much of it is going to be a bit of a gag. It's called Deadpool and Wolverine, though, Ben. I don't think that matters one fucking stitch. Mm. I don't know, Ben. I think they're giving the fans what they want, which is Wolverine and pegging. <laughs> yes, that's all we've ever wanted is that. But look, I'll 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 watch it. Oh, we have to legally we have bound to. to watch it because you're going to get us that Disney deal that you keep talking about. Oh, one day, one day, one day. Did oh, you send man. them that email, Ben? Yeah, but they said that I'm not allowed to appear in any of the remakes of their films pegging anybody. <laughs> ben, um, I like the scene at the start where every surviving character from all the previous Deadpool's was there. Yeah, yeah, they've all made it, sort of, maybe. But then he just disappears. Yeah, yeah, they got him. He's a variant. <laughs> like, he's, he is just a variant, and that's quite interesting. Look, I it could be fun. I don't know, it's weird. I, I will say, something that's smarted a little for me, Michael, is I, I now have come to regard Loki Season 2 as the finest televisual Marvel experience available. Uh, I like Deadpool Season 1 and Jessica Jones Season 1. You meant Daredevil, but I take oh, yeah, you mean... I did mean Daredevil. You're right. I've made a mistake. They're both quite good. It's all right, Michael. I've made millions. Yeah, yeah, One right. in the course of a seven-year podcast is nothing that, too shabby. That is the only mistake I've ever made. Yes, just don't let it happen again. Oh. Um, come here to me. <laughs> I've come to regard that as the finest of the MCU offerings okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. of televisual yeah. series, Netflix excluded. And I think it ended very well. And I'm kind of like... Why are you messing with it? Just just let it go. You tied it all up in a pretty bow. Yeah, but the TVA was still about. Yeah, I suppose it was, yeah. I think my, I'm going to go with my Splinter theory because I think Matthew McFadden has to be a baddie. Um, but who's to say, Michael? Are you saying? Are you suggesting, Benjamin, that Matthew McFadden is a baddie because he has a British accent? Yeah. Because, yeah, Ben, I, we I, were I, accused of that very thing on the internet this week. Michael, it was the most disgusting act of racism. <laughs> I've ever been on the receiving end of. <laughs> so I actually go on. 
I actually had to go into my significant other and I cried for a full hour. <laughs> it was awful. Benjamin, um, our ever-increasing internet presence on this dumbass podcast has result- <laughs> resulted this week in quite a lot of people, for some reason, experiencing for the first time the long-form version of this podcast, which we usually post to YouTube to... Uh, look, we're not going to say nobody watches it because there seemed to be a kind of core maybe 25 to 30 people who watched the full yeah. podcast through YouTube and like Ben can I tell you can I tell you a little can I tell you a little home truth go on I used to watch I used to consume my podcast content mostly through YouTube you listen to this podcast no well yes oh. I, I kind of have to Ben because I do the timestamps and the the quality control but it's very unfortunate for I, you because there's not a lot of quality to control <laughs> That's very good. That's uh, you know, it's a bit subtle. It's a little bit more tasteful than some of the jokes earlier. There was a heavy section there on pegging, which I, I thought brought the tone down, but that's brought it right back up. Um, what was I saying? What was I saying before you distracted me? I don't know. <laughs> um, shit, you made me lose my train of thought. Anyway. Oh, fuck. No, I'm gone completely. People call us Brits and they're discovering the podcast in a long-form content that isn't shorts and they've realised that we talk about a bit more than one minute's worth of content at a time. And someone on the internet accused (laughs) us of being rambling Brits. And, Michael, to him I say, Sir, how dare you have no idea the international incident you may have stirred. Very. Benjamin, how can the loyal listeners counter that kind of backlash? Well, do you know what, Michael? You could probably yes. hop up yeah. wherever you listen yeah. and give us a review. Oh, very good. Do you know what? Take on the random internet commenter. Yeah. Distinguish yourself from them by being a known, approving entity, yes. yeah, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, and give us a review wherever you listen. It really does help to get the podcast out to other people. Yeah, yeah. Other people who are expecting a podcast who are expecting a podcast and understand that this is sure look sure listen the podcast that takes a pop at culture now for those of you on the internet who commented this week on the youtube (laughs) video i fear you don't understand the wordplay going on in our tagline taking a pop at culture means taking a swing at the zeitgeist also known as pop culture general not just the king in yellow benjamin Speaking yeah. of pop culture, you yeah. could argue that one man invented it. Yeah, there's only one guy. He's done the whole thing, Michael. And we're here to talk about it Abraham today. Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln. Um, yeah, no, not him, Michael. But in terms of the English-speaking variety of culture that we experience today, and speaking of Brits, who are probably still terrible, but not that terrible. <laughs> Elon Musk. Oh, God, one of the worst English-speaking people we've ever come across. But no, Michael, William Shakespeare, old Billy Shakes. Oh, Billy T. Spear. Billy T. Spear. He's knocking around, Michael. He's having a great old time. Michael. Hey Benjamin, assume yeah. I don't know who that is. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's interesting. But in fairness, we do have a contingent of people on this podcast who are not in the Anglo-centric world. So yeah. let's let's take a look at it. Why not? Also, Benjamin, you fuck, you haven't seen Twister, which to my mind is about the same level of pop culture awareness. Um, yeah, all right. Okay. Um, interesting take there. Okay. Thank you. All right. Good. Good, 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 good. William Shakespeare, Michael, though. 
Yeah, Billy. Was it old Billy Shakes was an English playwright, poet, and actor. Okay. Oh. Yeah. And according to sources, now, ladies and gentlemen, hold your horses. Before I go any further, take go down to your kitchen, yep. grab the salt shaker, yep. pour some into your hand, yep. and take all of this with a big old grain of salt. Okay, throw it over your left shoulder and get it in the devil's eye. Because the records, Michael, reaching back to 1564, mm. apparently when Shakespeare was born, let's just say that they don't have the greatest amount of veracity attached to them. They're a little bit spotty, Ben, to the point where there's persistent urban legends that maybe Shakespeare wasn't real. Yeah, so there's a, quite a few of those knocking around, Michael. Some people believe that he wasn't real. Mm. Other people believe that he was several people writing yeah. under a pseudonym. A nom uh, de plume. A nom de plume, as it were. Other people believe that it was Christopher Marlowe, another famous playwright from the 16th century. Hmm. Um, so there's a lot of theories and a lot of questions hanging around Shakespeare. Now, if you talk to the Royal Shakespeare Company, he was one man, he was a genius, and he was the man who defined English popular culture in the 16th century. He was like the Kanye West of the 1590s. Yeah, but bald. Oh no, is Kanye bald? I can't remember. Yeah, he's pretty bald, isn't he? He's pretty bald, okay. Um, Kanye, if you'd like to jump up on this... Actually, no, you're a bit of no. an anti-Semite. Ben, we'll get no, rid of you. Don't, no, don't, no, don't, you're not coming on the podcast. Don't you probably invoke will. Kanye West, yeah. Ben. Fair yeah, part of the joke about him liking fish sticks ten years ago, and he still raps about it. Yeah, he's never let it go. He's never he let it go. Will not um, let it go. <laughs> but William Shakespeare is widely regarded as the greatest writer in the English language and the world's preeminent dramatist. What about Cathy Rikes? Uh, oh, she's pretty good, but I don't think she's up there with the Bard. How is she not? Yeah, he's very, very often Michael simply referred to as the Bard. What about Lee Child? Um, I mean, in terms of prolific output, probably up there, Michael. But in fairness, yeah. the collected works of Shakespeare add up to about 39 plays, 154 sonnets, and three long-form poems. Fucking knock that out in a weekend for Lee Child, mate. Lee Child did that yesterday. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, that's pretty good. But, Michael, what he did do, what he did do, is kind of lock down some core plot points, themes, and arcs that we still see popping up all over the fucking place. Oh, yeah, even in rom- romantic situations. Oh, uh, Michael, predominantly in romantic situations. Nobody did romance quite like old Billy Shakes. Go on. I'd like to hear more. Well, there's a few ways that this pops up, Michael, but because, what? Michael, love is in the air. Do, 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 do. Uh, and this very Wednesday, tomorrow, for you lucky listeners, if you've listened on the day it's come out, or today, if you're listening on Wednesday, yep. is Valentine's Day. Or yesterday, if you're listening on Thursday. Or two days ago, if you're listening on Friday. This is maybe why people leave us mean comments, Michael. <laughs> no, um, it's because we don't put, it's because they don't read the time codes. <laughs> it's because they don't read the time codes. Um, <laughs> we should, pr- yeah, anyway, look, come here to me. What? Nowhere is this more apparent that we kind of have a lasting legacy of the Bard than it is in the wonderful world of rom-coms. Romantic comedies. Romantic comedies, Michael, seem to lean heavily on a good old fact uh, on a good old-fashioned Shakespearean farce. Oh yeah, like every rom-com, except Cyrano like- de Bergerac. Well, don't <laughs> Cyrano de Bergerac is its own beast, Michael. We'll have to do that another time. Oh, very good. Yeah. But, Michael, there's a few of them that have become kind of cult classic rom-coms or, you know, top dog rom-coms. I don't know why you should call them the rommiest of coms, I suppose. Romeo and Juliet. 
Romeo and Juliet is an original Shakespeare play. Thank you. Loads of yeah. pop culture has come from Romeo and Juliet, Ben. West Side Story. Uh, yeah, yeah. West Side Story is a good example of Romeo and Juliet, Michael. Good show. Thank you. Because the Jets and the Sharks are the, the Montagues and the Capulets. Very good, Michael. Very good. Look who's been reading some books. I've hmm? read books. That was... Hang on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold what? on. Sorry. I'd just like to step back there and say that was a very prickish thing of me to do, yeah, Michael. Yeah. You're a very intelligent, well-read man. Yeah, yeah. And there's no ground for that joke. I take that well, back. Look, I'm ben, sorry. I, uh, my uh, ego is not easily bruised. No, it's not. It's made of iron, yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael. Um, but mine is, Michael, and I'm afraid you'll beat me up later. No, I will, yeah. Uh, both my ego and my body are quite soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben... Yeah. Anyway, there's loads of uh, Romeo and Juliet. Romeo and Juliet, another absolute belter of a romantic and comedy. Michael. That one had uh, what's his name in it, Doctor Strange. It it did. It had Benedict Cumberbatch. Benedict Cumberbatch. That's the fella. Yeah. Ben, he was in there. But yes. Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet. Yes, Michael. Direct adaptation of the famous play set in Venice Beach. Set in Venice Beach in what at the time was modern times, but is now the past. But is now the past. Very good, Michael. You nailed it. Um, so it was set in Venice Beach in the 90s when it came out in the 90s. Back when, it was, a, anyway, back Michael, when it was appropriate for Leonardo DiCaprio to have a girlfriend under 25. I, I, was it? Is it? Well, it was then, wasn't it? Because he was under 25. Oh, yes, yeah, so it was fine. He was in it, remember? Supposed he was Romeo, Ben. He was Romeo in a nice Hawaiian shirt. To, to this day, has played a formative kind of opinion of me wearing uh, a bloody Hawaiian shirt. Why? I still wear Hawaiian shirts on holiday. Is you're wearing Hawaiian shirts because of the film Romeo and Juliet by Baz Luhrmann? Yeah, that's it. Is it Baz Luhrmann? That's I'm it. saying that very confidently, but I've just realised that. No, you're, you, but you're, you're saying it correctly and confidently, Michael. Your confidence is well founded. Ben, you, shall I just continue shouting over you with TV shows and movies based on Romeo and Juliet? I think you might be happier if you do. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. <laughs> that cut to the core of me. <laughs> anyway, come here to me. Come here what? to me. What? The one that maybe people are most attached to, and the one that gets the most airtime, as it were, as being notably of Shakespearean origin, is Ten Things I Hate About You." Oh, with um, the late Heath Ledger. The late Heath Ledger. Um, and everybody's favourite uh, female star whose name escapes me. This is awful. Is it Amanda Bynes? It's not Amanda Bynes. She's in. She's the man, and that's another Shakespearean one. Good shout, Michael. Well done. Is it... Um, um, is it... What's her name? The blonde lady. What's the uh, yeah, name that's, of the film? That's very helpful. It's uh, Ten Things I Hate About You, Michael, and it stars Julia Stiles. Julia Stiles, Benjamin. Ledger. Julia it Stiles. Also st- it also stars a bit of a who's who, Michael, of 90s stars, because it has Heath Ledger's doppelganger, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, in it. He plays his younger brother, doesn't he? He, he doesn't. He plays, a, he plays a completely unrelated gentleman who discovers Heath Ledger. Does he? <laughs> Which is hilarious, yeah. But they're so similar looking. Yeah, they look so similar. It would have made more sense to make them brothers, but they didn't. That's not what happened. Um, now, Michael, the, the characters in that are played... The, the main love pairing of this is Heath Ledger and Julia Stiles, and they play Patrick Verona and Kat Stratford. Oh, Verona, there's a little hint. Now, Michael, there's a couple of little hints on in there, because this is modelled very closely on a very famous play from Shakespeare called The Taming of the Shrew. Now, Benjamin, that's famously what you call your dating life. 
Uh, oh no it's not <laughs> fuck you oh that'll get me no I've never called it that how dare you you did all there remember you said dare, whatever no, you do you. don't say this on the podcast fuck you you piece of shit I've never done that and I will have less of that employed you fuck <laughs> wow yeah anyway Verona wow. is it set in Verona Ben uh, yes it is set in Verona uh, well it's set between Verona and other places Michael so oh. <clears throat> in this particular comedy it's believed to have been written between 1590 and 1592 because as we said Michael mm. it's hard to nail that stuff down yeah 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 because I was, I was who knows I was gonna say that it's hard to peg that down but I realised that we've probably spent too much time speaking about that yeah, it's we're gonna get demonetized. yeah well it'd be monetized to be a fine thing um, but yeah sure why not? But come here to me. What? This features a whole bunch of kind of classic Shakespearean archetype characters, Michael. Oh, yeah. An arsehole. An, an arsehole known as Petru- Petruchio. Is that his name? Oh, the, the play, not the movie. In the in the play, yeah. Uh, Petruchio. And Katharina is the, the shrew, the aforementioned shrew, Michael. Um. And so what happens is that poor El Catharina is an unwilling participant in the relationship. However, Petruchio tames her with various psychological and physical torments, oh. such as keeping her from eating and drinking until she becomes a desirable, compliant and obedient bride. Like your red pill websites, Ben, that you're always showing me. Yeah, exactly. Just like those. Uh, uh. Remember you lent me that book of the game? Yeah, by Neil Strauss. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. You, you lent it to me and yeah. said, give this a go. And I said, Benjamin, I'm married. Benjamin, I'm a married man, yeah, you said. That's what I said. Stop that. Um, but it, it also maintains the famous subplot, Michael, of Bianca, who is seen as the ideal woman within the play. And her sister in this is played by Larissa Olinyank. Uh, Ol- Olinik, sorry. Uh, who is famously... Go on. What's going on with Alex Mack? She was Alex Remember Mack. Alex Mack? Yeah, she was Alex Mack. She, she was Alex Mack. Powers. Yeah, so... Yeah, she could turn into a puddle. She could at will. Yeah, she could. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, now there's a few. Um, there's a few different things here, Michael, that pop up. Famously called a very misogynistic Shakespearean play, probably down to the fact that it's described as having many psychological and physical torments, mm, like in the book, the game. Yeah. Like in the book, the game. <laughs> exactly, Michael. Uh, now, lots of Shakespearean scholars like to step up and say, oh, Shakespeare wasn't a misogynist. I think you'll find in other plays that she was quite kind to women. And to which many other people have rightfully said, uh, just because you're nice sometimes doesn't mean you're not an absolute prick in others. But um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, he famously was like, get thee to the nunnery. Get thee to the nunnery post haste young lady but this Michael famously inspired by the two romantic subplots of that um, whereupon they have to wear down Julia Stiles' character who is notably against dating because she finds that all men are pigs oh you know which is which is fine how I suppose. very modern yes. how very modern um, yeah so the names the casting lots of these different things they're, they're very they're all nods Heath Ledger is Patrick Verona because Verona is the main side of the play Cat Stratford is Stratford-upon-Avon which is where Shakespeare famously lived very clever um, and there's a few different things going on in those various points but The Taming of the Shrew ends happily with everybody getting to marry who they wanted oh that's good is that um, the things I hate about yes. you hens? 
uh, yeah, everybody kind of gets to date who they wanted. Um, and that kind of thing has worked out many, many times. It's a famous Shakespearean uh, trope for romantic comedies. Um, everyone gets a big kiss. So, yeah, everyone gets a big kiss after a period of upheaval, oh. Michael. That's the most important thing. Um, and that's the, the the central premise, I suppose, of all rom-coms as well. It's It's forced misunderstanding, Michael. Go on. Um, essentially, well, anytime we look at a rom com, Michael, the 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 core component that's missing from a lot of rom coms in order for them function is basic human communication. Yeah, skills. yeah, 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 yeah. If anyone just said um, what they were d- thinking or planning or doing, a lot of rom com wouldn't happen. Yeah, for example, why don't we create an elaborate plot where you date the sister? And then I can date the other sister, but you have to actually make her go on a date with you because then that's the only way that she'll be allowed to uh, date me. That's very complicated, Michael. Instead of just saying, I quite fancy you, do you fancy going on a date as opposed to this elaborate scheme? Ben, you had to come up with elaborate schemes when you were dating in Padua in the 1500s. You absolutely do. Well, you see, in Shakespeare's time, that made an awful lot more sense, Michael. Because Did in it? Shakespeare's time, you had courtly love. And courtly love is a very important thing. There were a series of rigid social structures that meant that you could only court in a particular manner. Are you saying courtly love? The least no. of the musical act whole. Courtly love, my friend. Oh, courtly. courtly love. Um. So, courtly love was a very rigorous set of social standards that meant that you couldn't be improper or impudent in your pursuit of love. And that made a lot of sense. So, when when you saw these contrived, strange plots, Michael, you know, where subterfuge was required, subterfuge is a word, Mm, um, where his subterfuge... No, I can't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Can't I'm very say it, sorry. ladies and gentlemen. Can't say it. I'm very sorry. Um, subterfuge is required. Mm. Uh, and that made sense back then because to do anything else would be scandalous and scandalous back then got you killed. Oh, no. No use. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it, it really was no bueno. You know, you couldn't do it. Um, and whenever we see medieval or European literary conceptions of love, they focus on courtly love. Courtly love was an experience between erotic desire and spiritual attainment, uh, Michael. Um, and it was characterised by devotion, chivalry and poetic expressions of longing. Are you saying courtly love? No, I'm not saying courtly love. Oh, okay, sorry. I, I misheard. Listen here, you fuck, right? Channing Tatum you... was in a... She's the man. <laughs> he was, yeah, Michael. Another famous... Uh, interpretation of a Shakespeare play. Thank you for putting me back on track. Um, She's the Man takes after Twelfth Night, Michael. Oh, go on. Um, And it's a modern adaptation, as you can imagine, of the Twelfth Night. Um, Amanda Bynes, bloody Channing Tates. Channing Tatum before he was mega famous. Channing Tatum's been around a long time, and I forget that quite often. He has, Benjamin. This is just when he was Mike, not Magic Mike. He was just plain old Mike. I think he might have just even been Michael at this stage. Uh, yeah, yeah, very, 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 very old school, Michael. He's been around for a while, but The Twelfth Night is a, another famous play by Shakespeare, Michael. Mm. And very, very similarly requires a great deal of japery and disguise to get the girl, as it were. But in this case, there's a little bit of a, an inversion. Oh, do you know? go on. 
Um, so this was written between 1601 and 1602, Michael. And this is when Shakespeare is hitting his stride, oh, as yeah. it were. Um, so this features around Viola. The play or uh, the, the The movie? play. The play. Um, and it features around Viola and Sebastian. And they are twins. Oh, a boy and a girl twin. Yes, yeah, so they're tragically separated in a shipwreck, Michael. Oh, no. Um, and then, in order to uh, maintain her safety, as it were, Michael, uh, Viola is shipwrecked in a place called Illyria. Um, and she believes that her brother has drowned. And in order to survive in this world, Michael, she has to disguise herself as a man. Oh, classic. And she describes herself as Cesario, is the name of the, the character she takes on. And she works in the service of Duke Orsino. Oh. But, Michael, wouldn't you know it, she only fucking falls in love with them. Classic bit of feckin' women pretending to be men. They always fall in love with someone and give up the goose. And give up the goose, Michael. Now, the entertaining thing here, Michael, is that it's a woman who's leading the pursuit of love, which was a little bit rarer in Shakespeare's time. Um, usually it was the man pursuing the woman. But in this case, it's an inversion of that, and it's the woman pursuing a man. Oh, very good. So there you go. Um, so, uh, Orsino, of course, naturally creating the love triangle. Michael, that's one of them. The love triangle is a huge Shakespearean concept. Um, so, Orsino is in love with a woman called Lady Olivia. Oh, yeah. And why wouldn't he be? Yeah. Um, now, he can't directly pursue the Lady Olivia. Right. But what does he do, Michael? Sends his mate. He sends Cesario as his as his envoy to woo the Lady Olivia on his behalf. And naturally, Michael, yeah, naturally, Olivia falls in love with Cesario. So we have Cesario for Orsino, Orsino for Olivia, and Olivia for Cesario. Love triangle, Holy baby. Holy God. Benjamin, is it not Marvolio? What? Is it not Marvolio? No. That's the steward sure? in Olivia's household, you fuck, and it's Malvolio. Uh, oh, is it? Don't you fuck with my fucking synopsis. Oh, Cesario is her. Oh. I'm getting mixed up. Who's Cesario? Cesario is Viola in disguise. <laughs> okay. And who's and who's Olivia? <laughs> Olivia is a no, is a noble woman of Ilaria. Or Illyria. And she's and, and who is that really though? It's 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 Lady Olivia of Illyria. <laughs> okay. And where's her brother? Her brother is presumed dead, but comes back at the end, Michael. Oh, does he? Yeah. So this is the classic thing. We have our period of upheaval. Um, so while all this is happening, Michael, while all this this classic kind of wooing is going on, and as you may have guessed from the title of the play, Twelfth Night, Michael, it's all happening in a single evening. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Malvolio. Yeah. Oh, why have you confused me with Malvolio? You've thrown me off, you <laughs> son of a bitch. There's definitely a guy called Malvolio. There is a guy called Malvolio. I hate you so much. Um, What's he about? Okay. He's part of the comic subplot, Michael, that goes with this particular thing. Oh, like Spider-Man. Yes. So, he is Olivia's pompous steward, Malvolio. He is um, the, He is Olivia's steward and he is the, the cock block of the piece, if you will. Oh, is he? He's the guy getting in the way of all that. So oh, very good. There are several characters in the play who want to make a fool of Malvolio because nobody really likes him, Michael. Oh, no. um, and they make Malvolio believe that Olivia has fallen for him. It's a, it's a, 
a classic jape. She hasn't, but they make him believe that. Um, and it causes all kinds of blocks and obstacles for the characters to overcome to actually fall in love. By the end of the play, Michael... Yes. Um, Viola's twin, Sebastian, is rescued by Antonio, a sea captain. Who? Um, who previously fought against Orsino. Oh, the layers, Michael. The layers. It's complicated, Ben. Well, you have to see it in person, you see. It's very difficult when it's one guy describing it. <laughs> well, maybe if the other guy would stop interrupting him. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. But anyway, finally at the end, Michael, things are taken from their tumbled-upon state and restored to order. So Cesario and Sebastian appear in the presence of both Olivia and Orsino, um, where there is more wonder and confusion at their physical similarity. At this point, Viola reveals her identity and is reunited with her twin brother. The play ends in a declaration of marriage between Duke Orsino and Viola. Duke Orsino is very relieved to find out the giant man crush he's been harbouring is perfectly justified. Oh, surprise, you're not gay. Now, Michael, that classic... <laughs> Michael, that classic kind of cross-dressing narrative, as it yeah, were, yeah. and romantic confusion narrative is seen all over the place. One of the most famous examples of that is in Mulan, Disney's Mulan. She gave up the goose as well. Yeah, she, she's following a Twelfth Night kind of gig because she falls in love with Han. I think it's Han. Mm-hmm. Um, who sings, let's get down to business. Um, and so on and so forth. Um, and he falls in love with her as a man. And there's a very famous joke going around the internet, uh, which is Han realising that Mulan is in fact a woman and being incredibly disappointed because he had <laughs> fallen in love with a little twink in his army. Oh, um, which is very entertaining. So, Michael, that's another classic example of that particular trope. But as we were saying, uh, Michael, a lot of the romantic comedies of Shakespeare and romances in general follow a very particular order. Um, Some of the other ones that we've seen, Michael, um, and one of the things that William Shakespeare gets the most amount of praise for is being the creator of the holiday romance. Oh, no. I've been subjected to so many of them on Netflix. Yes, that's all Netflix makes during the months of November and December. That's all you'll get on Netflix. Love at um, the Castle, Ben. Love at the Castle is an absolute classic, Michael, where it restores the peasant falls in love with a peasant falls in love with a man of means kind of gig or a woman of means, but that rarely happened in Shakespeare. But uh yeah, so I mean, you know, that was a thing. And he is now famous for that because he had a lot of ones where basically in order to keep a British audience entertained, he would set his plays in exotic areas. Italy. Italy. <laughs> Italy. Uh, and it wasn't Lanzarote, but it was Verona, you know. Um, so, you know, Much Ado About Nothing and Twelfth Night are two of the most commonly used for the structure of romantic comedies because they, they work quite well. Um, and... Where we see them very bluntly, Michael, is in holiday rom-coms, where miscommunication is at an all-time high. Everyone's always going back to their hometown and finding a man who does a Christmas job. Yeah, Christmas job, and he falls in love with a woman of means, and she realises it's not what she always wanted, and at the end everything's righted and all the, the love triangles are resolved. That's That's kind of how it works. But, you know, it's hard to quantify just how influential Shakespeare remains. Um, well, seven. S- seven is, yeah, okay. Uh, 
no, no, Michael, it's not seven. It's much more than that. Michael, don't... What? <sighs> this would be much easier if what? it was just me speaking into a mic. But then I'd have, <laughs> then I'd have, then I'd have no one, then I'd have no one to complain to when I was called a Brit. Yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Benjamin, and no one would yeah. also listen. Ben! Yeah. Let's wrap it up. Are we on wrap-up time already? Oh, yeah, it's ten past, ten past the hour. Oh, that's very depressing. Okay. Yeah, 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 we're flying. All right, okay, that's, uh, well, look, if you fancy a rom-com, uh, you can't go wrong with ten things I hate about you. It's good. Yeah, that's a good one. It's much better than Christmas at the Castle, which is a real film which I have really seen. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm very sorry for your loss. Um... And uh, yeah, I mean, you can you can take a look at them. You can play a very fun drinking game, um, where you take a look at the formulaic elements of any, um, of any kind of rom com, and see if you can match them up to Shakespeare's stuff. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. So for example, hold on, I have it here. Yeah, Sorry, I should have it? had this prepared earlier. I have Shakespeare's romantic formula, Michael. Twelfth night. And I'm going to... No, you can't wait for people to say things. Um, but... Go on. Let's take a look. The five-act structure that quite often follows for good old-fashioned Shakespeare romance, Michael, is... Yes. Number one, the exposition. Things as they are. Yeah. Number two, rising action. Oh, things go a bit tits up. Oh, literally in some cases. Number three, midway climax and suspense. Things get their most tense, Michael, Uh-oh. and fall apart. Things fall apart, as it were. Number four is the old rest or the cliffhanger, Michael. Falling actions, it's commonly referred to, which is nope. uh, things are, are grand, you know. I, I'm going to dash to the airport, though. Yes, we now understand things as they were. Oh, I can't believe she betrayed me like that. But actually, I do kind of fancy her. So maybe I'll go to the airport. And then we have our satisfaction where he makes it through the airport security, even though that would never actually happen. Michael. Not post 9-11 anyway. But Not ben, post 9-11. A lot, of, a lot of strange words in there, including satisfaction and climax. I can't help sure? it, Michael. Are you sure Dead- he didn't write Deadpool? He might have. Let's find out. We'll have to go and see it and see how that works. I mean, he might have. They might have based it on that. Who's to say? Very good. Very good. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to tell us what your favourite Shakespearean play was, just uh, hop up on the Discord. It's down below there. And come and say hello to us. Up on it. We have a channel dedicated to discussing Shakespeare. No, we don't. Um, Or... Yes. Or, ladies and gentlemen, you can hop up on the interwebs and find us in a few different places. We're on the interwebs at www.shomrabug.com, S-E-O-M-R-A-B-E-A-G.com. It means tiny room in Irish. It does indeed, like. Um, you can also find us on our other website. We have two, for some reason. It's www.yourluxurelistenpodcast.acast.com. That's our Acast website, Benjamin. That's our Acast website, which we don't need, but we have. Uh, come here to me. You can also find us on Instagram. It doesn't love us very much anymore, but we're up on Instagram at Trilluxious and Podcast. Yeah, no, it's, we're banned or something. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on. But come here to me. Come here to what? me. Where we're doing the best, Michael, where we're seeing our greatest rate of growth is on TikTok. Oh, it's we've just crossed letters, Ben. Yeah, we've just crossed 700 uh, followers up there. So it'll be one of, the, one of the 700, the Legion of the 700. Go go have a look there. Pretty good, yeah. Hop up on it and Michael while what? we've been recording we've been dropped another little comment oh is it good or bad <laughs> yeah um, I mean it's it's nah it's, it's I, I actually can't read that out on loud I've only just looked at it I can't um, 
this right. is great. I'm going to go okay. have a look now. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to have to... Ooh. Okay. Well. It's fabulous. Well. I can't wait to see it, Ben. <laughs> That's it from us. Goodbye. What did you say? Where? Where is it?